be very clear with yourself first about why is this a problem? What is it causing me? If, if things are better, how, it's, how is it going to look like for me? Because these are the first things the coach will ask you. Like, what's your challenge? Why is that your challenge? What have you tried? Just like, what have you tried before and didn't work? What have you tried and worked, but not enough? Okay, and then... Welcome to Team Up with Beata. I'm Beata Padua, and I'm very excited that you are here. This is a podcast about the teams of the future and the right ingredients for that pivot. This podcast will make you believe in teamwork again. Woohoo! Back in the days, in my life as a tester, I know it sounds like a really bad book, in my life as a tester in different tech teams, I've learned the importance of asking questions as opposed to pointing out the faults in the system or in people. I constantly asked questions. How does it work? Why does it work? What can we do to make it work? When I then transitioned into other roles or functions in tech, this experience was highly valid. Now, when I'm coaching teams or individuals, this skill is incredibly powerful. To this day, asking questions focused on growth and improvement serves me really well and serves Odell well too. After all, coaching focuses a lot on asking questions for growth that bring the best in people. Things they haven't thought were reachable, suddenly or achievable. Now that we are starting this year strong, yes, you and me, 2024, we are going big this year. I wanted us to focus on growing ourselves and setting the right goals and intention. Knowing that there are ways to get support in that growth. In the past, professional coaches helped me through my journey. So, you know, I'm not just blabbing on that this is something you would benefit from. I have experienced its benefits firsthand. Today, I invited Rames Hanna for a New Year conversation about coaching. Rames is a senior engineering leader and leadership coach who enjoys driving business results. He is an avid advocate for servant leadership too. He has worked in many companies as an engineering manager, head of engineering, and later as director of engineering. Through that exposure to people in different levels of organization, he spotted the need for coaching, not only for other managers, but starting with himself first. He then became trained in a method called integral coaching and helped people grow within tech and more recently outside tech too. Today, he's going to help you. Yes, you. You will also hear all about what coaching is, how to get a coach, how to prepare for a coaching program or a session, where you can find the right coach, and more. Please join me as we explore coaching magic with Rames Hanna and learn more about his journey in coaching and integral coaching in depth. Rames, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, Beata. I'm good. I'm good. It's such a nice, crisp and fresh day here in Paris, and I'm uh, excited about being here today. 
Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. And I'm very excited that you are here, that you agreed to join in the podcast, especially in this new year where uh, possibilities are endless and where we usually set goals and we start thinking about the future, not only personally, but also within our organizations. And this is where the topic that we want to talk about today, coaching comes in handy because coaching is helping you to develop those skills. So maybe we can start a bit about what is coaching for you? What was your journey to that point to understand that coaching is something that is important for you in your career? My journey with coaching started right after I got into management. So for many years, I was an individual contributor interested in tech, and then I got interested in people. And so I moved into management. And sh shortly after that, I started reading about like, how can I really help my team to grow and how can I get them to meet their potential? Coaching always popped as one of the answers that Google would give me. So yes, let's go on full coaching. And so I, I read a lot about coaching and, and learned a lot about coaching in that way, like from, from the internet, from, from books. And I started using it as a tool, for, as, a, like as a manager, as a tool for me to help my team grow. And then I actually maybe spent maybe like three, four years actually actively coaching people in the community, okay. helping a, like a new manager step in. And then I got my first coaching experience myself. And I learned one very important thing is you never know how coaching is going to help. It helps you in ways that you could never expect it. Unlike mentoring, mm -hmm. which... Somebody gives you advice, you try to apply that advice, yeah. and then you learn something in the way, and then you improve slowly and slowly. But then in coaching, and this is my personal experience as well, there are those moments where you say, oh, is that so? Like sometimes they call it even the aha moment. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's how I actually began to embrace coaching more and more and like really believe in it. Because for me before it was just a tool. And then after my own personal experience with a professional coach, yeah. I think coaching is magical in, yeah. in the way it, it gets things out of you. The coach doesn't give you advice, doesn't show you the way. And maybe that's the beauty of it is that at the end of it, wow, I, I did it. I could transform myself from this person to that. I could make this big change. Uh, and hence, I decided, okay, I know I need to learn coaching, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be a magician. <laughs> so <laughs> I, want be, I want to be able to do this magical thing. So yeah. uh, I, I started coaching. Like, I say I started coaching correctly because I learned a, a coaching method and spent six months learning and practicing coaching. I, and I was able to really learn and had clients who said, yeah. I didn't believe in coaching before and now I, I believe in the magic of coaching. So I consider myself succeeded at learning. Now I need to spread my learning and, and, and spread the <laughs> effect of coaching. You, you should put it on LinkedIn and say, uh, coach magician or magician coach. <laughs> magic coaching <laughs> by Rames. We should, I should already trademark that. <laughs> Great. Because you've, you've not only coached like engineering teams or you not only being a manager for engineering teams, but also leadership teams, right? How is that, yes. how can coaching be applied? I'm very interested to hear that from your perspective. How do you think coaching can be applied and what kind of, how can the 
managers take advantage from coaching as a, as a skill, I guess, as a, like a way of managing. And do you think that's even possible? I think it's possible to an extent. I think manager cannot be a coach because of the complexity of the relationship. The relationship with a coach has to be free of reporting, free of biases, and free of fear and ego. Mm. The problem with a manager being a coach is that there's always going to be a little bit of uh, unbalanced power. So a manager will always have a little bit more power on their hand because they do the evaluation at the end of the year. They, they have power over me. Mm. So it's going to be hard to get to a full coaching uh, relationship, but managers uh, can, can use coaching and apply it to the best of their engineers. And if I want to say what coaching is, like what's the, what is it really like the basic minimum? It's three things. It's coaching allows for uh, reflection on the past. Coaching allows for uh, being mind, more mindful of the moment. And it's also about opening possibilities for the future. These are the three pillars of coaching. So a manager can, regardless of what challenge the reports have, look at the, look at the past and reflect on it. How did things go? Why did things happen this way? Uh, help them be more mindful of the moment. What situations I am in now? How am I feeling right now? How am I dealing with this? Why am I having this specific reflex to certain, certain things? And then how I can do better in the future. Without giving advice, I remember this part in a book I read, I think it was called The Coaching Habit, mm -hmm. which says when someone comes to you asking for help, there's this monster inside of us that wants to come out and give advice. Yeah. We need to be able to tame that monster and like shut it up because that's the exact opposite of what a coach should do. A coach should refrain from giving advice, but listen and understand and help the person reflect, be more mindful and look at the future with endless possibilities because there are endless possibilities. Yeah, that's beautiful. You said, yeah, I can totally relate to that uh, book. It's uh, Michael Bangay Stanley who wrote it, The Coaching Habit. Many managers I've worked with in the past also, those who didn't understand the coaching can be so powerful, they refuse to, to do that and they would go to one-on-ones with the team members and they would just, you know, make notes and so on. But I've noticed that once you apply coaching as a, as a tool, as a toolkit or, or coaching ways, methods, mm -hmm. then you're able to actually help this person to grow, as you say, and help them to spread their wings, right? Because yes. everybody has a different potential inside of them and everybody has a different way of growing and, and we can't tell them to do something if, it, if it's outside of their, if they don't believe that's possible, right? Um, yes, they, they have to believe that it's possible. And what works for you may not, may not, and probably won't work for me. There is uh -huh. each one of us has to play to their own strength and their own personality and uniqueness. Coaching is always personalized and customized. There's no similar, like we cannot copy paste coaching programs because it's all about the person, how they can solve their problem. Most of the time as a coach, I didn't solve problems. I didn't come up with ideas. All I needed to do is just create the space for my clients to be able to, to reflect, 
be mindful and look at the future. And they all found like their way through it. I didn't need to do anything except give them the space to do it. And it's very hard. It's very hard to coach yourself as well because. <laughs> Have you tried that? <laughs> I tried. So I said, oh, I know I know how to do coaching. I've helped yeah. others. Maybe I can help myself. But then it is hard. It is doable, but it's very hard because we either experience or create experience or like create the space or actually experience it. It's hard to, it's like facilitation. If yeah. you're facilitating, it's hard to participate and facilitate at the same time. Yeah, I love uh, that. So yeah. mm. it's always good to separate. That's why I always, I also have my own coach who helps me every now and then when I need that, when I need help with growing in a different area, I have a coach that supports me in that. Mm, I like that. My question is more, around the length of coaching. So, because you say you have your coach here and there, I met, had many coaches before too, maybe for fixed time. And I don't know whether that was linked to them charging me for the fixed six months or something, or or was it because we actually wanted to develop something? I think it's the other thing, but what would you say is the preferred length of coaching? Yeah. What would you say would be the most beneficial for someone to see the results of coaching fast? So ideally, according to the method, so I've, I am, I'm trained in the integral coaching method. Mm -hmm. So integral coaching gives us tools as the coaches to see the person through different lenses, to see the client in different lenses. So not just see them in the professional environment or in the personal environment, but also see them from there's this, there's this quadrants where we try to understand if this is like a more reflective person, more an action-oriented person, more social relations person, or bigger picture person. There are seven skills each person has. And again, like where they are on, on the scale of this skill. Through these two lenses, I can understand better where this person has strengths, where they have weaknesses, and try to figure out to, related to their problem or their challenge which of the missing parts are contributing to this problem and which are the strong parts that are actually also helping them get somewhere. So I can understand them better. But mm -hmm. also, I think one of the biggest things in Integral uh, is not only looking at the client, but also looking as the client. Mm -hmm. So we learn tools to, okay, now I understand my client. Now I'm going to put myself in their shoes and look at the world through their eyes so I can as a coach, understand them even better and provide a much more uh, customized and much more personal uh, experience or, like, or a program for them. So that's the biggest strength, I think, in, in integral coaching. Now, according to that, so we usually go for four to five months programs where we take enough time to understand the problem and come up with the foundations of the program, which is a lot about understanding where we are now and where we want to be. And then working through creating small increments of, of development. We call them the developmental objectives, DOs. And like working through those DOs, one, one DO at a, per session. So it, it, it lands us roughly at six or seven sessions, which is around four months mm. of time. Mm. Again, okay. this is the template kind of, again, every client is different. Every person needs, sometimes needs more sessions per DO. Sometimes even the context of life of everything around them changes during. So we're going to have to readapt as we go. So, but four, four months is a decent and suitable enough time, but that's not the only way 
because I've also yeah. been with coaching people who, within the first session, they were able to see, ah, they, had, they got this aha moment early on just by discussing about the problem, discussing about the challenge, sometimes only reflecting on the moment. Oh, I am looking at it this way. I should have looked at it this way. And then that is enough for them. Again, it depends on the person, but that could be enough for them to start that full journey on alone on that. Mm-hmm. So it can be one session to give them this aha moment or maybe two. I've worked with clients who needed only two sessions to figure. As, as soon as you get this aha moment, if you have enough discipline and kind of stamina to go on and full attack the problem within the light of the new discovery, then you can go on it alone. Or some people prefer to be within the comfort of being supported by a coach because change, again, some people, the problem is simpler. Some, for some others, it's a long running thing. So yeah. uh, sometimes I found it helpful to get a coach for as an accountability partner. Especially I remember in 2020 when I had less, you know, interactions with other people physically mm. than I had all these visions and goals. I remember uh, getting a coach there to sort of help me out with, with maybe accountability. While some other years I don't need accountability, but those years I needed to have someone who's going to like check in with me. Where are you? How are you far? You know, by next Friday, I hope you have this done, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that that's really helpful. We're talking here about I'm looking for a coach and then I want to, uh, and you ideally you are my coach. And then, and then we having this, let's say four month program and I'm waiting for the aha moment in, in this program. And then, then, and then the magic happens, the coin drops, as they say. I am the person that it's coachable. I'm very interested. I know what I want to accomplish in life, or at least I have some idea, right? Like, oh, I know what I'm struggling with. What are my problems? What would you say? we can do with people who are less coachable, those that coaching is perhaps they misunderstand coaching and therapy Mm. (laughs) often or coaching and mentoring. Is there any way to get people to be coachable? (laughs) I'm asking for a friend myself. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean to be coachable or not coachable? I think that, I think, Being coachable means that you are open to explore new things. You are open to be guided. You want to make a change. You are are willing to be challenged or challenge yourself. Non-coachable means you have ideas and you just want to play games. Somebody presenting a problem, you're trying to propose solutions, and they always have something to say about it. Oh, but I've tried it and it didn't work. How about this? No. So they gain by, like, they, they, they kind of win the game by tr- always trying to find answers, like saying smart things or whatever it is. No, I've tried and it didn't work. Just like killing your solution in a way. And they, they just thrive on this game. So that's a person who's playing this game. It's definitely not coachable. They're not there to seek coaching. They're not there to seek actually to come out of the problem, but they're actually, they're actually seeking validation. Yes, you have a problem. Okay, <laughs> they are like playing the martyr, or I don't know. But that's that kind of person is not coachable. I think everybody can be coachable if they have just the approach of, yeah, I really want to solve this. Not I pretend that I want to solve. Not that I need that sympathy that I have a problem or validation that I have a difficult life. Yeah. No, it's that I actually want to make a change. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like stubborn, but that's okay if they want because a coach can work. But again. 
if you if I if you are coachable with a coach like me, you might not be coachable with another coach. And because there's also different approaches. Like the first thing I suggest anyone who wants coaching mm-hmm. is meet three or four coaches. Okay. So it's like dating. And <laughs> it's like you can call it but like not. dating. But not, yeah. But it's it there has to be this uh chemistry. Kind of like a lot of coaches provide the first call, which is usually 30, 15 to 30 minutes just to get introduced, just for the both of us to see, do we feel like we can work together? And that's a very important thing because if you're not comfortable, if you don't feel that this is the, something about that person doesn't really work for me, uh, tone, it could be like simple as tone of voice or yeah. anything, but these are small things that can break the coaching relationship. So that's why it's important to not just say, okay, this is a coachable person and coachable person. No, this is a this is this is a good match between this person and that coach. And that person really has the will to solve their problem, not just dwell on their problem. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be in that loop. You don't want to be that best friend that everybody's like, I'm calling you every day and nothing's working, but I'm just wanting to tell you that, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I like how you said it because oftentimes... Especially in organizations where I've seen coaching has been used as a tool, many people resist it. And this example of a person you gave, no one's accepting it. It, it. I feel like it should be okay that you're not coachable. It's okay to say I don't want to be coached, right? Um, of course. Yeah, yeah. And in organizations where maybe the culture is co- coachable, that pressure is on. But I think it's okay not to. However, I think managers or engineering managers or leaders would benefit from using coaching as that skill. We also said that coaching is not a therapy. And I remember when I found uh, many years ago, my first coach, that was like the first introduction she said. She was like, just so you know, this is not not a therapy. What has been your experience with clients and people since you've, you've learned about coaching? Is it hard to navigate as a coach through people's personal stories, especially that the coaching you provide is more holistic? Do you sometimes refer people to therapists? Like, how does that look like? It is hard to identify that limit. So it, it takes, a, as a coach, when, I am, when I'm working with a client, I'm, I'm fully absorbed in it. I like, I'm focused completely on the client. So to realize at a moment and say, oh, this is not something a coach can help. They need to be referred to someone. Like maybe it's, maybe it's for therapy. I've seen only one case of that when I decided like early on through the program that this is not going, this is, your problem isn't for coaching. This is more therapy. What I was told when I was learning to coaching that the difference between coaching and therapy is that therapy focuses on understanding the past while coaching is more about the future. How can you do better? How can you become better at this tomorrow? Not Mm. why did it happen yesterday? Again, I'm not a therapist. I've never been to therapy myself, so I don't know if this is the exact true or not. But in my experience, when this client had, I, I, at least I identified it as they are facing kind, a kind of trauma from past. Mm. And they have, I haven't been able to get them to look past that trauma. It was really hard for me to continue and I said, maybe uh, therapy is better for you. Mm. But there are other things where it can, like, Therapy and coaching are not uh, exclusive. So you can have therapy and coaching at the same time. At least um, I worked with a client that did have uh, therapy because they had some anxiety problems. 
but I also still worked with them as a coach on other problems. And I think both, both things complemented each other more than anything else. Mm. I think that's often what, what many people get wrong. I mean, at least for me, the coach said that at the beginning and I was familiar with coaching, you know, not, not just with Tony Robbins, <laughs> but with other models. And then, and then I hired a coach. But talking of which, if someone would want to hire a coach, mm-hmm. h- how would they go about that? How would they find one? Because I remember many years ago, I had no idea. This is before LinkedIn. I had no idea how to find one, you know, and how to find the right one. You said that it would be good if you, if you talk to few, but how do you find, how do you even start the search? My focus is on leadership within tech. So I am part of several communities on Slack that are related to leadership in general, not just tech. And usually within those communities, there are specific channels for coaching where there are coaches. And there's usually a pin document about who's coaching about what, because every coach has a different uh, specialty. So this is one way of of finding coaches, asking Mm -hmm. around. LinkedIn is a very good source because a lot of, I mean, I, for one, also provide my coaching services in my profile. But if you search for coaching, you find. There are platforms where you can find coaches. I'm not sure how good they are. The couple of platforms I've, I've seen mix a lot between mentoring and coaching. So again, your, your mileage might vary. For example, there's, I think there's Mentor Cruise and then it, it's called Mentor Cruise, but I think there's a lot of coaches on there as well. There's Plato, which provides coaching and mentoring. I think there are other platforms as well. I think the best way to do it, right, like is to go on LinkedIn, search for coaches within your network or within your second degree network. This is going to be, I think, providing good insights. Your HR and company should be able to provide you with some support around that because learning and development or HR in general have been looking at that. It's not something new to them and they wouldn't be able to support you uh, finding coaches as well. If if the company doesn't provide it already. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, some companies, they, they actually interested in that. So they would promote it and they have platforms, I remember, but others are just, you know, maybe refer you to someone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I found a coach now on LinkedIn, reached out, seems to be a match. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. met three and this one person seems to be a match. How do I then prepare myself for coaching session? Because now we are in January and we're thinking of goal setting for the future. Preferably we ha- would have done it in December, but I mean, it's January and we're getting like all scared. I don't have live goals, you know, one part to prepare for that. I'll ask you in a moment about like uh, keeping up with those goals after January, but what do I do then? Yeah. How do I prepare for that, f- for the whole experience? The best thing to, to do is two things. Being like, prepare yourself mentally. Prepare to be in a place where you could be vulnerable because you're, if you're talking about a challenge and a pain, that means you're vulnerable. So get ready to be comfortable with that. Your coach will definitely be supporting you and will be accommodating for anything you need, um, but it's going to be hard work. So prepare yourself for that. Uh, that's the one thing. Uh, the second thing, which is even as important, be very clear on your challenge. Is it a goal? Is it a pain point? Is it a challenge that you have? But be very clear on, on like with yourself first, but why is this a problem? What 
Is it causing me, if, if things are better, how, it's, how is it going to look like for me? Because these are the first things the coach will ask you. Like, what's your challenge? Why is that your challenge? What have you tried to, like, what have you tried before and didn't work? What have you tried and worked, but not enough? Okay, and then I'm going to ask, okay, if you have a magic wand and you can solve this, how would life look like? It doesn't matter how you're going to solve it, but like, how would life change? Because we need that information. Also, you as a, as a, as a person need to see the, a better future to motivate you towards it. So if you're clear on that, then the coach can actually start working. So prepare as much as you can about what's my challenge and why is it changing? And how would life change after that? And then just, just be present and the coach will take care of you. <laughs> That's nice. That sounds like a dream, right? I feel like that part of visualizing who we want to be is often very helpful because for me, I derail a lot. So as mm. as long as I, I'm not talking vision boards and things like that, but just even mentally visualize it and, and share it with the coach. It helped me in the past because I would constantly go as a creative person, I would constantly go right, left and center, you know, like, hey, how about this? Maybe we could do that. And then the coach would always help me to go and bring me back to earth. Which I was like, oh, but I have this other idea. <laughs> um, and I remember it really helped me to deliver things, which for me has always been a challenge. And with a coach, it helped. When it comes to goal setting, is that something that a coach can also help with, do you think? Or is that something that you already should have goals when you're coming to the coach? Or is that your I manager's I, problem? <laughs> ideally, have a problem ready so that the coach can actually start working on it. But... Sometimes we don't have a very clear idea of what's wrong. Like a, a simple example. So especially January now, mm -hmm. we've, we've been through the performance evaluation period and we got feedback and some people even went for, like applied for promotion and didn't get it. Mm. And sometimes I think more often than we'd love to admit it, the feedback isn't that clear and crisp that we can understand what happened. And it's hard to process all that. And sometimes I don't want to process it with my manager who delivered that feedback and I'm frustrated. That's where a coach can come and help. But that's going to be like pre-program, let's say, because we need to crystallize the problem and understand. And a coach can help you process the feedback, understand, reflect again on the whole year based on the feedback you've received and based on what, like how you see things. Also, a coach can help you with, okay, how can I get better feedback? Okay, what, what questions can I ask to get more insight into this? Like I remember helping uh, a client with, like they had a problem and the feedback was always, you have a pro communication problem. So mm. I have them write a, a, a small survey of like three or four questions so that they can ask their peers so that they can collect a bit more insights about like their communication problem. And from there, we can try to understand where does communication fail for them? Because communication is everything we do, right? Yeah. Um, so again, clarifying the problems, clarifying the goals, setting goals, all of these things can, a coach can help because they provide the space for you to reflect on the past, be more mindful of the current and look at infinite possibilities. So they can help you with that. But then after that, then we can start working on a program. Mm. I actually had one client approach me at some point asking, okay, so I have this work and I, it's a very lonely job being the top leader of my organization. And all I need is space for me to reflect someone to bounce ideas and someone who helped me 
focus because I have so many things that I need to like really narrow it down on, on things mm -hmm. that I can actually achieve. And that is something also coaches can help with. Until at some point they realize, okay, now here is a bigger challenge. And once we have identified a bigger challenge, then we can work on a program. But otherwise, a coach can be a sparring partner. Okay. What are the types of uh, challenges that you've seen people overcome? They came to the first session with you and they, they didn't believe that this is possible. And then at the end of the program, they left and like, wow, looking back, I did this. The type, like the description of the problem can be very, can vary a lot. Yeah. But it all boils down to mindset. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen problems related to <clears throat> learning new technologies. Like, as engineers, we always want to be on top of things and keep yeah. on, like, with, uh, keep up to date with everything around us. I've had a client who had a difficulty spending time learning new things. Okay. I've had a client, several clients who had problems with communication. Like there's communication problem as in every time I tell people, like I, I see a problem, I go talk to people, like this is how you can solve your problem. They never listen and they keep having the same problem. And that drives me crazy. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's try to understand why does it drive you crazy? What, how are you communicating? So communication problem like that. Another communication problem is someone came, into, came to me and said, uh, I keep repeating myself all the time and that drives me crazy. I'm the top leader of my organization and I keep explaining the vision. I keep transmitting the vision, but always they have to ask me questions about everything they do. What my expectation is that I can explain and I will spend time communicating the vision and our mission and strategy. And then you can be more autonomous. You can go on and like be creative with what you do, but they always keep coming back. And that's, it's a, it's a type of communication and it's a problem. And we were able to, to work through that. Another client had a problem with how they present themselves to high-level customers. They have customers and most of the time they work with engineering managers. Now they have to work with CTOs. Now, mm. how can I present myself? How can I be more confident? I have difficulty being in that situation. I don't have the experience of CTO. It can be intimidating. And how can I be myself? How can I see beyond my value as, okay, I've only worked with those people, but I've never worked with those. So how can I present myself and be uh, Legitimate. Yeah. It's like I said, it's all about the mindset, how, how we see the world, how we like the beliefs we have that we don't necessarily realize we have. Like, as a manager, I've always advised, told everyone if you have something in your mind, always write it down because when you hear it, you like when you if, you, if you say it out loud or if you write it, you use your eyes and ears and you see other things you didn't see before. And then you start realizing that you have beliefs that you didn't necessarily. Ex explicitly mentioned to yourself. They are embedded in you. How do you see them is by listening to yourself or reading yourself. So a coach can help you understand, okay, do I believe that about myself? But that's not true. Okay, but this is, this is what actually causing you to act this way. So let's, okay, what is the actual truth about yourself that you actually would believe? And then it's work from there to, because it's, it's like the aha moment, oh, did I think of myself that low? Is the aha moment, but then, okay, but how can I see it differently? How can I embed this new belief in me is the work of the program. Mm, that's beautiful. So many examples. I love them because when you give those examples, I'm already thinking like, oh, I know this person that needs coaching. I know this person that needs coaching. You know, it's like a, a lot of these ideas. I hope our listeners are like, oh, I, I have all these problems. I didn't know that I can get a coach to help me. 
But what if they, before they even, uh, you know, get a coach or let's say even now today, they would like to try something out. There's, are there some tools that can help us to maybe make a one step closer to that mindset of, of really believing in yourself or growth mindset or, or just shifting that mindset? Is there something small that, that we can do? I remember I did a lot of journaling that helped me really to overcome that, but there was structured journaling and many different exercises. Is there some uh, tool that you have, maybe a favorite tool that you could share with us? Journaling is definitely one of the best tools for that, but it's not for everyone. Definitely. Yeah. And not uh, for everyone all the time. <laughs> of course. Of course. No, I, like I, it thought... doesn't work for me now, but it works for me last year. <laughs> for Personally, for me, journaling is very difficult. It's not about a lack of like light. I, I'm very literal. I write a lot. I like to communicate through writing. But taking the time to dump my mind on paper, on topics or on like trying just to dump everything and trying to, to, to make sense out of the chaos in my head is really difficult for me to, because why, that's why journaling is difficult and the, and, the, and the discipline of doing it. If you are lucky enough to have that friend or that colleague who would listen to you and you don't have any power unbalances or like someone who can make you feel comfortable. I mean, that's the best tool ever. Somebody ah. to listen to you <laughs> and give you time and then you can give them back maybe. But uh, if you have that, that's, that's, a, that's even, a, I, I think it's even a better tool than writing for some people at least. Um, I think growth mindset is something everybody can adopt. It's not something that you either have or don't. It's something you can adopt. Just believe in yourself that you can do. Look for the small. It's always, always smart small. Start small. Don't look at the big problems and just solve them. Okay, now I need to work on this communication issue. Okay, so now all I have to do this today is I'm just going to observe myself. Like when I talk to someone, I'll just talk to one person today and observe myself speaking to them. How am I feeling? What coaching really taught me is that it's all about your feelings and emotions. Procrastination, it's emotional. Like how you feel about a certain task makes you procrastinate it. It's not how difficult it is. It's not how easy it is. <laughs> it's yeah. how you feel about it. So whatever situation you're having difficulty with or a challenge, observe yourself in that moment and Listen to your body, listen in the voice in, in the back of your head and listen to your emotions and just write it down and, and read it later. That's a great exercise I give in cooking is observe yourself. So here's your context because like here, this is your challenge. So let's look at a, uh, uh, something that recurs more often, how it manifests throughout your week. And we're going to pick a situation that you maybe face once, uh, once a day at least. And in, during this time, just be mindful of what you do. Just listen to yourself. Take a, take a few seconds to just observe yourself and note it on a piece of paper. And at the end of the week, just read all the notes you've written. And that should give you a lot of insights into what's going on. And from there, you might not even need a coach. <laughs> might not. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Many engineers, especially, I think, struggle with what you're describing communication or like you mentioned, they get feedback once a year, some companies twice a year if you're lucky, but it's just, I find that it's this feedback, it's a lot of text. You know, someone writes a feedback to you and they are, have to write it and often they have to give feedback and then they 
yeah, they read it and they're like, but this person hardly knows me and I don't know them. What should I write? You know, or like you write feedback to them. That is really nice. And then they write feedback to you like you're doing good. So then I think picking up the right feedback from the right type of people and then what do I do with it? And like you said, the manager might not be interested in, in helping you, but maybe you're lucky and your manager is having that coach hat on occasionally and it helps you. I think you can reach new heights, but like I said, especially engineers, I would say, or people in the team, engineers, designers, everyone who works on the team in this competitive world, because we still yeah. grow individually even though we work in the team. Engineers have a difficult, special difficulty, I think. I mean, I come from engineering background, so yeah. I can relate to that. Probably they have it in different fields as well. But in tech, we have this habit of, okay, I need to fix something. I'm going to learn and fix it. So first thing, first reflex we have is rely on ourselves. And second reflex we have is ask for, like, if we're mature enough and we've, we're humble enough to ask for help, because it's, it's like one of the things we highly, when I, as a manager, when I'm evaluating people, I, the, like interviewing even, can they admit they don't know? And that's the number one skill for any level I'm, I'm, I'm hiring for. So even if we're going to read tutorials, books, and everything we can about a certain topic, and then, yeah, it's not working. And uh, then I can ask others for help. And this is where we talk about advice and mentoring. But that's where we stop as, as tech because we have this reflex of solving it ourselves. I, I can do it. I'm just going to toughen up and do it. Mm -hmm. And those who are like, who are, have better emotional intelligence, they can ask for help. But then we don't look at coaching. I don't know why. I mean, it took me a long, long time before actually myself looking for coaching. When I had a problem about a clear pain point, it's, I, don't, I think it's like the way we do things at tech just goes against asking for that sort of help. I've talked to a few leaders and I asked them, okay, who would you think needs help in your organization that I can help them? What, what sorts of difficulties? And everybody thinks that they, no, no, everything is under control. We're just going to read something. I'm going to go there. We're going, they're going to get some training on that. Yeah. Okay. So I think traditionally people would try everything. And when they're really desperate, they would go for coaching. Like those who've never had coaching before or don't have it as a reflex for them. But sometimes it's easier. It's, it should be easier if you have someone support you from the beginning. Yeah. Why do you have to exhaust all your options before going for something that could solve it for you? Of course, there are times where, yes, you should try things before, but the more the problem is painful. Somebody said this, and I mean, I, I can just take the credit for this. Coaching is when working harder doesn't work. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I loved it when I heard it and I don't remember exactly the name of the person, but yeah, it, it's not me, but I really love this thing because... Yeah, I tried hard to learn things and I never learned how to do better communication until I got coached because it's not about trying harder. It's about like really going to the bottom of things. It's like debugging code. You're going to bang your head against the wall for long until you see this thing. So somebody can really help you see this small aha thing. Oh, now I know why my code doesn't work. Yeah. 
Chat GPT everything can't do that for you. Yeah, you know what? how you can ask ChatGPT things and it's like, but it doesn't see you as a person. Okay, I'm going to put all this input there, how I want to grow. Yeah, to like certain degree. But I think when it comes to exactly what you're describing, I think still that interpersonal connection with the person, the accountability, mm. the, yeah, just going through it together, all the emotions. And I guess people sometimes get frustrated. They sometimes cry. They don't understand why, why, why. <laughs> but then eventually we overcome the something inside of us, right? Not just yeah, the mindset, but some obstacles. There's also intuition. One of the things as a coach, I, so when I was doing, going through my, my training, the coach who was like training us talked always about intuition and feeling and becoming our client so we can see better things. And at some point, especially in the beginning, mm, okay, that sounds very new age-ish and fancy, but yeah, I'm going to give it a try. And actually, some of the coaching programs that I did were based on my intuition. So I had this client come to me about something very specific, and my brain would say, okay, the problem is there. But then I go through the ritual of working on the client and see using the lenses. And like, it's a process of where I go and put in front of me all the pieces of paper that I wrote about the client and look into it and just close my eyes and put some music and like whatever gets me in the all right. very reflective mood. Okay. And all of a sudden, I see things that are necessarily written anywhere, but I have this intuition. The problem is there. This, this there is probably highly unlikely logically, yeah. but it actually ends up being the, the culprit. The caveat there, the, the problem, the center of everything, like somebody telling you, I am unable to learn. And you tell them the problem is you're not taking enough breaks in your life, not just mm. in your work. Mm -mm -mm. And they would say, what has that to do with that? <laughs> yeah. And I say, yeah, I believe you. It's hard to see, but I have an intuition, a strong intuition that this is where your problem is. And as we go, they realize, yes, now that I'm taking, like I'm taking care of myself. At home, I'm doing much better at work. <laughs> Surprise, huh? <laughs> it, it is, but because yeah. it's an intuition as a coach, I got because I'm using the lenses. It's yeah. a very methodical thing, but yeah. the intuition isn't methodical. The intuition is some idea that pops into your head. And it's because you spent, like, you try to connect with your client as much as you can. And you can see that. And this is a very human thing. That's why it's important that we can feel each other in the first call. That's why we, this first call is just chemistry check. Do we really feel comfortable together? And can I really relate to them? Not to say yeah. their problem, but to the person. And if that happens, then we are all set for great things. Yeah, that's amazing. I hope that many people now are inspired to go out there to LinkedIn or anywhere, ask around for a coach. And like you said, there is so many coaches out there that offer free sessions. So even just yes. to try, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so that people is true. Can, that can, is true. can start with that by searching for your name. We will leave the details below and then start perhaps asking you about that. I know you're open for those opportunities. What are you excited for this year? This new brand new year. What are you excited for personally, professionally? It's It's like... Beginning of the year is always a, a, a time where I focus on the future and I, I try to be as hopeful as possible. And this year, I, I really want to dedicate more time 
to, to coaching and to clients. I've, yeah, I've been exploring for a while, but haven't been gone on it like more focused enough. I'm putting a lot of focus on working with non-tech clients. Leaders have the same problems in any domain. I've had, I have a client from sales where I have them solve some sales related problems and I'm excited about working with non-tech clients and extending my capacity to, to support and help people even wider. I'm really excited about that and putting my energy into it. Yeah, that's exciting. I think it's fun. I've spent my whole career, most of my career in tech and occasionally if I facilitated workshop or did some things for um, clients that are non-tech, it's, I think it's very humbling. It's very, um, I, f I find people are extremely grateful because people in tech are used to having a lot of, at least agile coaches, which I know is different mm. and agile coach, it's really good if they have the coaching as a skill, one of many, mm. but it's still not dedicated coach. And I think they at least have exposure to some way, but I've talked to people in, in different industries and they just think that wow, if we could have that, right? I think mm -hmm. that people are very humble there. Yeah. Let's hope not, not, only, not only tech people are listening to this, even though I think it is tech people. Uh, at least that's what I think. Um, if someone would like to connect with you afterwards or would like to even schedule a, a first free call with you, how would they find you? Where would they go and how would they find you? The easiest way to find me is to go on my LinkedIn and shoot me a message. Follow my posts. I keep posting a lot about yeah. how to coach and what, when to need coaching. I can also, we can also post a link to just book me. Don't have to even talk to me. Just book me and we'll talk. Oh, do you uh, have like a link that we can? Okay. We share that below. Yeah. But you're um, Rames Hanna at uh, on LinkedIn, double N, H-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and we go from there. I mean, Rames, thank you so much. I, I thought I knew a fair bit of coaching. It's my... I, it's also my, one of my favorite topics, but I've learned so much from you and I'm starting to think, hmm, what are the problems that I have right now? Maybe I need a coach again. You know, you get me excited mm. about this. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun uh, getting to know you better and exploring coaching as a topic with you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk about coaching. It's something I can never stop talking about <laughs> and I enjoyed this conversation a lot. 